All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. My contract sucks. <laughs> that's what that's what the problem is and um the fucking national league right do that shit in the minors hey, you were in the minors longer than me you dumb fuck hey martin you're the better goalie no kerry you're the better goalie no jacob you're the better goalie you're the better goalie you're the better goalie skinner gets distracted by the humbling comment and loses the point here for sure for sure for sure it is the Department of Discipline. Welcome to another episode. Ryan Pinder, Jay Rosehill. Rosie, the Department of Player Safety has been working overtime. It's like Santa's factory with elves bumping into each other, smoke pouring out of the chimney, uh, overdrive for this last week. I don't know what happened in the NHL. People aren't having their eggnog. They're a little cranky. We've had some some rough behavior lately. There's a few fellas out there that aren't in the Christmas behavioral season and they're acting accordingly and they got their hands full this week. If they're busy, we're busy. So today on Department of Discipline, we're going to look at some of the plays that have been reviewed, some that haven't, some that have garnered suspensions, some that have turned from majors to minors. Weird. It's not boring. But before we get there, I want to make sure you're in the holiday spirit. Are mm. you are you doing well? That you're, you're feeling festive? Have you got your shopping done? Is there an elf trespassing in your property? What's the latest? There's an elf taking over. It's uh, I think we got the hang of getting used to that little fella cruising mm. around the house when uh, all wee hours of the night. But uh, the wife's on board. She is the typical wife who's taking care of business behind the scenes. I got one of those too. Shout out to the ladies in our lives. But uh, I had the difficult task of buying another gift for this young lady. And uh, Mm. that seems to be enough stress for for me for the season. There's a really, really easy solution. It's just not cheap. 
Oh yeah, see, diamonds always work. Yeah, I know. Always, that, I know always, that not going the cheap always. route is uh, is a home run. But if run. you don't want to buck up, then it's you're into the okay. This is there's no guaranteed wins. There's no two foot putts. There's no backdoor tappins. If you're not going to spend some dough here, what did you do when you met your girl? Did you go hard with the gifts? And uh, it's always tough. I tell young kids, I said, don't go hard out of the gate. If you already got this, babes, don't treat her to the, the diamonds off the bat. Right? You're, you're setting oh, a standard. Yeah. Early. Be careful. Now. Do you want to trend upwards or do you want to you want to tank when the going gets tough? I mean, you got to think about that long term. Just like incremental gains, little ones. You don't want to start all the way up here. We got started really quick. I had moved from Abbotsford, BC, back to Calgary, where I'm from. I was living in my sister's basement, trying to get settled, working at a radio station. Met my wife, and we were a family of four. Thirteen months later, <laughs> beautiful twins, Chuck twins, Basil <laughs> twins, Ta-da, twins. Hey, not boring. No. So yeah, things escalated quickly. That, that would be safe to say. Uh, let's start with uh, some of the ruckus behavior around the NHL as we are well into December and feels like a month's worth of work for Department of Player Safety. Over the last week, we'll start with, I think it's an unfortunate incident. It's certainly a weird sequence of events. We start with Dylan Larkin in front of the net and uh, getting wiped out. It's Senators' wings. These are two of the teams of the Atlantic Division we thought would be threatening to make a step and jump into that top four in that great division. Larkin, the more we watch it, it's really more of an unfortunate coincidence or a weird sort of freak thing because there's nothing terribly malicious here, but something catches him and he goes down. And oh, and Perron with Larkin down, and they're calling for the trainers as quickly as they can get out there. He spread face down, arms on the ice. Good God. Boy, Dylan Larkin looks in rough shape. Immediately, both teams calling for assistance, and Perron, as you could see, more than a little upset with the way his captain was treated and went down. And uh, many holding their breath here right now. I'm a little bit lost on on what happened there. I understand you get kind of uh, a good little shove push from behind, and then you look at you know that senator kind of accepting him in as he's kind of shoving and his glove kind of hits his face maybe, but the aftermath is where I don't really understand what's going on. People online are saying he's out cold on his feet. If you've just seen some moments of it, you could have the chalk outline around Dylan Larkin when the next event in the sequence happens, but we're not quite there yet. So yes, at moments it does look like he's out cold on the ice. Well, it looks like he's out cold after I'm talking about what, transpired before he went down and i mean he's down on his face his bare face is on the cold ice his palms are like upwards it would appear he's out cold i look at what transpired to put him out cold i can't understand it i know he's had some like neck injuries i know guys have had stingers before which i've never had a stinger okay but guys talk about it's like some kind of a pinch in your neck that goes up to like your skull and it's like debilitating i've never had it sounds bad if that's what happened, I could meet, but I just, I don't see what happened in the play to have him face down, stretcher beside him, everyone in the crowd praying to God for yeah, his yeah, yeah. And then he gets up and walks to the dressing room. I'm a little bit confused. I'm not going to go on this show and act like that's not in my mind because it is. Was there a sneaky butt in there? I keep looking. I'm like, where's the smoking gun? And there really isn't one. There's from the many angles, angles to this thing. And the best angle shows his glove going into the, into his face. Okay. I mean, I know where your button is around the chin. You get buttoned, you, you go out cold and bambi legs and, and you wake up not sure what happened, but he's wearing a 
padded glove and it wasn't a big wind-up punch. It was he just... An, he doesn't drop like a sack of potatoes either. He goes to his knees, grabs his face, and then says, I'm going to lay sprawled. It. <laughs> I don't want to be too hard on Dylan Larkin here, but it kind of reminded me of... You know, a kid on the playground who decides after the fact, yeah, I'm I'm going to make sure everyone knows how much I the count. didn't like this one. So that was a little bit odd for sure. I didn't, the stretchers out and everything, like I said, he made it look a lot worse than it appeared to be. I'd like to give him the benefit of the doubt, stinger, this, that. I, I don't really know, but it was very odd to watch. And so that leads to his teammate, David Perron, who's had a hell of a career. I mean, he, you could seriously put him down for 20 goals seemingly every year. Remember when he was in expansion team in Vegas and oh, they're going to trade him at the deadline. Well, no, they're, they're actually really good this year. They're going to go to the cup final. They're going to keep him. And then he went back to St. Louis a third time. And now Detroit, I mean, Perron, he's got father time in a headlock here. It's an incredible career, but he sees his captain splayed out and says, no, 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 no. And I'm going to take matters into my own hand. And it's a stick right up bang on Zub, the defenseman. And you know, this is trouble. The moment you see it, you can't use your stick as a weapon and it's clear that there is intent to go get this guy who's at the feet of his captain who's out on the ice again i don't know if peron saw the play or not but he definitely saw his boss man his, his yeah. leader sprawled out like doing a reverse snow angel on his face there i don't know if he saw it or not but he just instantly reacted and said i'm gonna get this guy you use your stick, you put it up high where everyone can see it, and you bash it off a guy's head, his ear, his neck. You're going to get some disciplinary action. I think that just goes without saying. Luckily, I think it just hit the top of his helmet. The guy, you know, you know you're know, you you're surprised by that. You don't like it. It's a blow to the head. It's not ideal. But, yes, it gets a lot of helmet. There. It's ugly, and it's dangerous. And you're going to hear from the league when you do that. Anytime I'm noticing, this week especially, when you go and – react to something after the fact do it maliciously a retaliation that's just blatantly i'm gonna fuck you up because of whatever the case Mm -hmm. is i'm coming for you you, it's where the league says no no that's That's not what we're accepting and and i think one of the reasons why is you don't have to wonder about a tent when you're reacting intense clear when you are retaliating it's because of that i'm gonna do this so you don't wonder about intent. Some of these players are always like, yeah, I don't really know what's going on through these guys' minds. In retaliations, you know exactly what it is. It's eye for an eye. You got my guy, I'm getting your guy. And it's usually after the whistle, and it's usually yeah. not even remotely related to a hockey play. Right. And I think the league looks at it that way. Were these guys both racing for a puck, and this guy did that to his feet or from behind? Okay, we can twist that around however you want. Play's over, guy's done, straight at the guy, attack, that's where they're Stick saying, yeah, we're not doing that. On the other show, chatted with uh, Frank Saravalli about it. And he's like, isn't it weird that, you know, on the same night we had a Branson thing happen and this high stick from Perron, both are things that would hurt you and things that are somewhat dangerous, but the suspensions are not going to be close. And sure enough, the NHL Department of Player Safety hands down a six-game suspension for David Perron for that retaliatory high cross-check to the head of Zub. Thoughts on six. That's the biggest number we've seen all year. We talked about Rasmus Anderson when he got the four games leading into the Winter Classic. That was the longest suspension the NHL's had and I think it was like over a year. Now we got a sixer and I guess it means the league's getting a little less crazy, crazy violent that it's it's been ages since we had one this long. But we've also seen a lot of suspensions all of a sudden in the last couple of weeks. Well, you say that, but this week kind of shows otherwise. Yeah. I mean, there's a six gamer. God, that's a monster. I wouldn't mind seeing it at half that. 
a three game suspension. You know that that kicks a guy in the nuts. That's a week. That's over hundred grand. He's losing. That's a big whack. Yeah. You go up to six. It's kind of like I get. I think the difference is use that stick as a weapon. Attack someone with it after the play as a retaliation. They want to nip that in the bud right now. No bueno. And there. And it's what you've been told since minor hockey. You can't use your stick as a weapon. Like we're coaching kids that are five, six, seven, eight over the last few years and. It's like never with your stick. Like you can put a shoulder in a guy. You can rub people out, but you cannot use your stick as a weapon. It is just, it, this is not new. This isn't a rule change. Players don't need to adapt to this. It's the fucking rules you grew up with. You know, that's wrong. The moment you're, you're even thinking of doing it. And it's, it's a little bit old school. Don't whack a guy in the head with your stick. Take your protective gloves off and punch him in the face yes. with your bare knuckles. So that if, is how it's done. So if we're advising David Perron what to do next time with Zub, who's at the feet of his captain, Dylan Larkin, who's on the ice. I think to avoid suspension and to do what you want to get accomplished, which is to say, screw that, whatever happened to my captain, you're paying the price. You go up, you give him a quick jostle, shed mitts and throw, and there's no way you're going to get anything close to six games. Like if you come from behind and bare hand sucker punch, you're going to get whacked. But all you have to do is jostle a little where you can convince enough that there could be a fight and then someone's going to have to shed first and away you go. Yeah, it seems to be the theme, and I am on board with it. Again, I don't know if Perron saw what happened or not, but your captain's laying on the ground. You're going to go address it. Yep. It's not like you're going to hurt the guy. You're going to set a precedent of, I won't accept that. Our team won't accept that. It's message sending. Message sending. That is our guy. So you bounce your stick off the top of his helmet, and you get six games or you give him a good cold shot with your glove on and he looks at you and you shed your shit and start throwing and maybe your team's down a two-minute You might minor. get an instigator and no game. Whoop-dee-doo. Right? And, I mean, And it's the same message you sent. You're going to mess with our guys. There is a toll to pay. Exact same message. Even a, It's an, an even better message. I'll give you a fair shot at defending yourself, but going up with a weapon to a guy that's standing there after the whistle... There's no good that can come from it. You don't even, I mean, unless you're trying to hurt the guy, which he didn't even do. It's just don't use your stick. People that darn around the game and that haven't seen it, they don't really understand what the hell is the difference between punching a guy and hitting him with your stick. Well, I mean, you could say if you're not involved in the culture, then nothing's different, but. It's assault, it's assault. But if you played, no, it's you've been ingrained that a stick's a weapon. You get a chance to say the guy's coming for me. Oh, his gloves just hit the ground. You get your shit off and you get ready to do the whole thing that you've been doing since whenever the first time you got in a fight was and jostle and punch him do your thing. A big old cross check to the side of the head. In my eyes and apparently in the NHL's eyes, there's a very big difference between doing those two and why not just take the better road where you're not going to take a couple hundred thousand dollars off of your net worth and whammy and you're down two weeks to your team. First offense with uh, Perron in his career, which is surprising. Three. Surprising and not three games. That's what I like. And so you didn't. You're not the only one that thought six was a touch heavy. The NHLPA has appealed on his behalf. The same union that represents uh, Zub. <laughs> it is always interesting. <laughs> I like. But that. that's not. And that happens in sports. It's a little awkward. It's there for both sides of that interaction, which is odd. But yeah, they're going to ask for a reduction. We'll see what happens. If they knock this down to four or five, I'm fine with it. But the whole appeal process is still silly. It runs through Gary. And if it's more than five games, then there's access to an independent arbitrator. But it's just, why is the league the first appeal? It just is, it reeks of a power hungry institution that doesn't want fair results. They want their paws on everything. And it's a bad look for the league. If you just have an independent arbitrator and you've got a result in 24 hours and it's not on Gary Bettman's desk and we'll get back to you in six days. When the suspension's already when served. When you may have already served it all. Like, I think that's just better process. 
And look, th- we love this league. We love watching this sport. They do some things that get in their own way a lot of times. This is one of them. It's a bad look for the league when Gary, who hires and is in charge of the whole Department of Player Safety, it's under his command as commissioner, the appeals of their decisions go to him? Why even give yourself the bad PR of that? You know it's going to happen every fucking year. And people are going to say, that's shitty. Why? And it's, oh, well, they collectively bargained it. The NHL shouldn't have. It's just asking for bad PR. Well, I get why Gary wants it. You yeah, want sure. you want your hands on everything. You want to be in control. I've got, I'm dealing with the sponsors. I'm dealing with the network telling me this. They changed their mind on that. They want to see less of this. You want to be able to be in control of what's being done. And at the end of the day, it's a product to Gary Bettman. It's yes. not people. It's not careers. It's a product. What am I putting out there? And he wants to be able to put in the CBA. Oh, we have an appeal process. There it is. See it in writing. It's beautiful. But also, I want to make sure I have control of everything. So I understand. And I can't even blame him. If I was in his shoes, you'd ask for it. Probably want the same thing. How that slipped through. I remember when the CBA was getting signed, there was some... Gong show works going on. There was yeah. things left, right, and center that were getting left by the wayside. PA is not it is it is what it is, and you're missing an entire season, and everyone's suffering. You're trying to get a deal done. Shit like that'll slip through. I understand, but it is kind of ridiculous that it goes through Gary Bettman on the appeal process. It's like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Like, oh, the guy I hired to do this job, putting in charge of making this decision, he makes that decision. Now, me who hired this guy to do this job and make this decision is going to decide if it's just weird. It's in Gary's best interest to obviously not insult the person he of hired course. to do that job. So why not have a why not have a, a lawyer guy with uh, a background in hockey, yeah. independent on a hundred thousand dollar retainer? Anytime this this happens, fly to New York, do whatever, boom, get this done in mm-hmm. in in before the sun goes down easy peasy yeah, totally make that happen but and instead we wait for a week because gary's got a busy desk and he ad- was adamant he had to have say I meanwhile just, they play four games and you knock it down to three games he's already served four like what's the point it, it is a little bit silly okay so that wasn't the only chain reaction event we had in fact we're seeing a lot of it in the nhl if you make a big heavy hit clean or not it often is the first domino to fall so let's go to what was a pretty hectic contest between the columbus blue jackets and the Florida Panthers. Now, Florida's got a little moxie. We talked about them a couple of weeks ago. You've got Nick Cousins, you've got Sam Bennett, you got Ryan Lomberg, you have a few other fellows that we had on the, the show a couple of weeks ago that aren't afraid to shed the mitts and go at it. It's team toughness. There's a bit of pest there. Cousins is one of them. Yeah. And he is watching, coming back into his own zone as huge hulking defenseman Eric Branson is curling around, sorry, into the Columbus zone, is going in behind his own net and squares him up. Now, the very beginning of this play is very crucial because how good Branson reacts to all this is how he feels about the hit, and how Nick Cousins reacts to this is probably also how he feels about the hit. This was not a suspended hit. This hit was given a major, reviewed by the officials, and then knocked down to a minor after they watched it again. And the more I watch this, if you're Nick Cousins making this hit, you are like inches off at full speed in real time from going shoulder to shoulder here. Branson's bracing for contact as well. And it just so happens that Cousins wins that collision heavily. And it does start to look more like a hit from behind as the hit finishes. Cousins, oh, there's a penalty. They'll say Cousins got Branson from behind. Branson goes after him. And then Bennett jumps right in. Now we'll have some calls now know that it was a hard hit from Cousins, but it looked clean to me 
We'll take a look at it in the replay. But You're telling me at full speed you can make that shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder versus, like, I'm three inches behind shoulder-to-shoulder, shoulder and now I'm getting called a hit from behind? That's a tough play to ask Nick Cousins to make at full speed. It is. And when I see these things, I always just omit the hitter from my vision and just focus in on the guy that's getting hit. Okay. And I say, what is he doing? And he's gliding in, and so is Cuzzy. He looks behind him. He knows he's being engaged. He's bracing. He's on his backhand. I give him that. He's okay. on his backhand, so you can't really open up. But when you're going back and you know a guy that's on you, I'm not saying Cuzzy should have, because Cuzzy doesn't just ride him into the boards in the guy yard sales. No, he, he throws the him, yeah. he throws the the umph, the little bit of contact, that little bit of, uh, but as you said, Good Branson is ready for it. He's bracing for it. If he's bracing for it, I know how big Good Branson is, and I know how big Cuzzy is. I played yeah. with Cousins. He's not a big man. Good Branson outweighs him by, I would suggest, 20 to 30 pounds. You're going back, you, and agreed, he did not touch the puck. It's not a legal hit. I'm not saying it is, but it's not the grossest, dirtiest, most nefarious thing I've ever seen. He should be thrown away from the game. You're bracing for the hit. The guy does give you more than you think, and you just into the into face first into the boards ouch like is there any effort to get your shoulder against the boards to get your back against boards you can go as fast as you want shoulder against the boards it's not much face first your spine bends is terrible yes because he finished him yes it's a two-minute boarding penalty but as far as it looking like the guy almost died it has to be on the defenseman you knew he was there you shoulder checked you looked at him you know whether you know it's nick cousins or not is kind of irrelevant you're bracing and it's just like they're like okay i'm in position all bets are off now no one's allowed to touch me i am completely immune from physical contact and then all of a sudden whoa face first the glasses there and he's hot right get over that so he's hot when he takes the hit because he's like this is bullshit i just got road full speed into the end wall and that is a dangerous thing i'm 100 uh, and and to your point it's not a legal hit. It's also not a really, really dirty hit. It's a gray area one, but it just happens to be at full speed with a man that weighs around 240 pounds and it's two feet away from the boards, which is like, ooh. And it goes bad. Both things ways. can happen there. You look at Cousins' actions and you have to look at Goodbranson's actions as well. What did Goodbranson do knowing that a four checker in the NHL is chasing down the same goddamn puck that you are? Yeah. What did you do to make sure that that? wasn't the end result. And in my opinion, he did absolutely nothing. That doesn't let Cuzzy off the hook completely. He should have a boarding call. Goodbranson didn't touch the puck. So absolutely, it's not a legal hit, but it's not what he wanted it to be. It's not this four-game suspension, get him out of the leagues. Not we a gotta dirty, cut dirty that hit shit. from behind. It's like you have an onus on yourself to protect yourself, and God damn it, is there a lot of examples this year, this week, of players not protecting themselves whatsoever. It happens to be defensemen, where you're big, bad NHL defenseman who's unbelievable on your feet. To be a, a regular in the NHL at a defensive position to be how aware you are, your vision, your capabilities, the way you are on your feet, on your skates, on your edges is fucking world class. Yeah, with guys all over you, handling a puck, moving in traffic, behind a net. Like, you're right. When you see these guys doing cycles and, and spinning off of guys and, and protecting the puck, they are next to none as far as being very comfortable on their skates. And then when it comes to going back for a puck, it's like it just goes blank in their mind and a gust of wind will throw them headfirst into the goddamn glass. And I can't 
stress this enough. There has to be some onus on protecting your goddamn self. These guys just act like they're untouchable in certain situations, and they happen to be the most dangerous situations. So put a pin in that because there's more of those coming up. But Gabranson is not happy. He wants to go Cousins right away after this. And Wait. rightfully so. He's probably like, fuck, that doesn't feel good. I just got run into the end wall face first. Doesn't get what he wants. Cousins turtles. And then later in the game, after that major is turned into a minor by review of the officials, Gabranson just grabs him, tosses him. Cousins is like, not interested. <laughs> On all fours. He's got his arms over his ears and head, turtled up. And Gabranson just starts unloading rights. Somewhere around, you know, the neck, the spine, upper back, back of your head. That doesn't feel good either. <laughs> There's no doubt what Good Branson's opinion is of that play and mm-hmm. of Nick Cousins. And you can tell because he hits the boards on the original play. He lays down and he's going to lay there and he's going to sell it, right? He's not injured. He takes a second for he's his pissed, mind, I'll tell mind you to gather up and he goes, I'm going to lay here and sell this five minutes. And get the trainer to come out, maybe the stretcher to come out like Larkin. I don't know where his head's at. I know he's not hurt. And then he thinks, no, fuck that. I'm, I'm pissed off enough. I'm not going to do the cell job. Pops to his feet and starts trying to fight Nick Cousins. So, again, to me, it's just the way I was raised, the way I played the game, the what I think is right. If you're not hurt, you get on your feet. He decided to do that a little bit later than, you know, maybe he originally planned. Goes after the guy, and obviously he was still hot. He jumps Nick Cousins. Again, I played with Nick Cousins in the American League. He was a rat. He was a pest. He did it phenomenally. When he was on his and game. That's, that's a compliment. A hundred percent, man. I, I kind of love Cousin, man. And I was <laughs> telling him, I don't know when, but I was like, dude, you got to do that in the show. Like, you got to be that rat. I'm not saying hitting guys from behind and boarding D-men going back for getting under the skin of your opponent. Be that guy. And and he has made a career for himself for 10 years after the fact. But he is that guy. And Goodbranson knows that. And who knows what's going on behind the scenes um, in other games or on the bench or whatever. That that Cuzzy can piss guys off. And obviously, he pissed off Goodbranson there. And he flat out jumped him. Cuzzy does the Cuzzy thing and uh, in turtles and has no interest in it and draws a penalty fine. Very, very obvious where Goodbranson's head was and what he thought of. Okay, so when Goodbranson gets up from being hit and says, I want a piece and Cousin's not interested and is down on the ice. And then the next shift, Goodbranson's like, I want a piece. And Cousy's like, no. Is there an obligation that he has to fight there when it hits in a gray area like that or not? Like, what does the code say? If you had laid out the Cousin's hit on Goodbranson, you're maybe a little more keen to shed your mitts than Nick Cousin's is but do you feel like okay maybe that was a little dirtier than i wanted it to be i owe this guy a fight should nick have done that sure if he fought good branson right off the bat after the hit yeah, yeah. it would be a done deal good right branson there's nothing else the- there's no suspensions everything's settled but i just said because he's a rat in a pest and <laughs> yes, plays that so. role so he doesn't fight him the first time uh, i'm not sure what the penalty situ- situation was there so the, it was a major they review it they knock it down to a boarding minor did good branson get anything for getting up there may or may not have been, but point being, once that whole penalty circus was done and, Two and, and Cousins has served his minor for boarding, they're back out on the ice. It's shifts later, and that's when Gabranson does the power bomb and just starts the lawnmower on Cousins' neck for a while. There. Well, everyone's different. How do you sleep at night? What do you think of yourself? It's up well, to you. And what do you believe your obligations are? Sure. Like if Nick Cousins says to himself, this is how I am at my best, pissing other people off, getting them to take penalties and getting our team power plays. 
You can justify it. If, if you are like, I was raised that if someone squares up, I give them an honest go. If I didn't hit them cleanly, you do that. Like there's a spectrum here of what people think the right thing to do is. And I know what I would do. I would, would step fight. up and away we go and there wouldn't be the secondary thing, but I wouldn't have drawn the two minute penalty after the fact from good Branson. Everyone's different. And cause decided to not engage. He's going to stand there and say, I didn't make a bad hit. Look at the refs even knocked it down. It wasn't as bad as you think. So for a two minute boarding penalty to jump the guy afterwards and then jump him mid play next shift, because you could say this guy's an animal. He deserves to be suspended mm-hmm. yeah. and blah, 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 blah. That's his stance on it. Me, I would have just stood up, said this guy's pissed from what happened there, and I would have scrapped it. But everyone's different. There is no right and wrong. And that is the difference between a, what you're calling a rat or a pest. For sure. And agitator versus a fighter. 100%. You're easy to get squared up and fight with because you're a fighter. Nick doesn't want to play that game. Good That's Branson. not what he's great at. He's and Branson, he's given up all kinds of reach, height, and weight. And Cuzzy, when I played with him, he would get in fights because of the way he played, and he'd bury his head and like this, and I'd be like, Cuzzy, you got to figure out the scrap and thing because you're going to get into a few of them in your career the way you play. <laughs> I love you, but you got to get your head up and shit. But he's just, he's not built that way. He'd rather just play hard and and after the whistle, just what no, the hell is this? He's I'm not, good. he's not interested in, and he's probably garnered a lot of power plays for his team over it. Whether you yeah. love that or hate that, that's the way he, he's that's doing it. He's that's pass. the way he did it. You Absolutely. love a guy in your team like that. Uh, most of the time you hate playing against guys like that. It's I like a fine it. art. Yeah. And you know what? It's not boring. Games are better when you got a couple shitheads running around doing stuff like that, cuzzy, right? Cuzzy, cuzzy, cuzzy. Uh, okay, so Good Branson got one game for that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Do you care? Is it fair? I, I sort you, of. You it's can't kind of what a I second crack at him. He jumped him once. He's going to jump him again. The league's just going to sit there and twiddle. They got to do something, and the one is understandable. I mean, so far this league, what George Peros has done, pretty understandable. There's not anything out of the crazy left wing and nowhere that you don't understand what the hell he's doing. Games. Yeah, the it's, here's, a, here's a game. You, you, you got hit. The the refs even looked at it, put it into slow-mo, said, wait a sec, that's not a that's not a misconduct. That's not a five-minute. We're knocking down to two minutes. You already got up after pretending you were hurt and jumping the guy and feeding him a bit. And then after the game, like, where's the line? Are you going to go jump him again because you didn't get him good enough? Yeah. No, they yeah, got to the say, league listen, see. league, you don't go after a guy after an altercation, completely separate play, a different shift, a different period, a different game, jump the guy out of the clear blue, and we just sit there and say, rock on, they're going to put their foot down. And I love how they did it in a way that's not like detrimental to everybody. Yeah. Good Branson knows he's got the shower after that. That's the end of your night, but he wanted a pound of flesh. He kind of got it and we move along. He misses one game for the blue jackets and another lost season for the blue jackets. It appears. And uh, the Panthers continue to hum along with a group that they're talented. They're deep. They got great players and they'll piss you off. They play physical. They'll scrap. They'll goat you into fighting and not fight. It's, Florida's got that vibe. Uh, Bill Zito's built a team that I think looks really good in May and June. They sure do. And I mean, they're in a division that I'm not real happy about as a, as a Leafs follower sure. and fan of, player, a participant of Leafs nation, you could call it in the Atlantic division. There's some weapons there. to see those boys. I mean, what they've done since that first round exit after winning the president's trophy mm-hmm. there, they have cleaned it up and Holy smokes. If they put together a playoff team that plays hard, I love everything. About do you think it. they missed Jonathan Huberto at all? Cause uh, I don't. I, oh, didn't I see a tweet of yours saying we'll go down as the worst trade in NHL history? No, the worst contract in contrast. Uh, Jonathan Huberto is making $10.5 million for this season and the next seven. And is a turnover machine, soft as can be, and borderline third-line winger at this point. Nowhere to go but up, Pinder. That's what you thought last year if you watched Huberto. It went the other way.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Next item, hits from behind. The Branson one has been called by many hit from behind. I think you and I are in agreement that it's not. It, it kind of ends up that way, but it isn't Nick Cousins' fault that it ends up that way. You, you talked about Eric Branson was not ready to be hit there, even though he saw a guy that is a known four-checker bearing in on him. Turned his back to him. No, again, not clean, but we're seeing a trend here. Hits from behind-ish, and guys that receive them just aren't in smart spots. So, Let's look at a few other hits for that happened in the last week. It was the Wild and Oilers in Edmonton as uh, Minnesota made a pass through Western Canada. Evander Kane, uh, no wilting violet. Let's watch this hit on the Wild's defensive defenseman. Brody. In that earlier game in October, Edmonton led on three separate occasions. Big hit by Kane, and Brodeen is shaken up. Yeah, that was little bit into the numbers as Brodine turned on that hit. Steal by Drysaddle. That might be a game ender for Brodine. And now we've got a wrestling match. And are we going to have both go off or just one? Yep. TJ Luxmore's making the call, boarding the call. And obviously not happy with the hit by Evander Kane. This is borderline for me. Yeah, I mean, this one, Brodine doesn't even see him. His back is turned because it has to be because he was going straight back for the puck. The problem with reversing the puck, which is putting it back in the direction that it just came from, you have no choice but to lead your back to everything. You can't see anything. You're staring at the glass. Give him a two-minute boarding. I'm all for that. He doesn't charge. He's gliding from above the face-off dot. Kind of finishes the guy. He doesn't go head first. There's no risk of a spinal injury or anything like that. But you can't really finish the guy hard like that. So a two-minute boarding, no problem. The hand at the back of the neck, I'm just like, ooh, I can almost hear things crunching when I see that. That's not good. And Kane can finish that hit without maybe leaving the receiving member of the hit as vulnerable as he did. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you, you can, can finish that chick without, like, don't mess with the guy's neck and head. In the but boards. the guy had possession of the puck. 
clearly. You're gliding in. Then he can't see you the entire time. He doesn't shoulder check. He doesn't know you're there. You're not engaging together going for a loose puck. He's got it the whole time. Then he reverses it. Puck's gone and he finishes. Again, aborting. It's not legal. It's not allowed. It's not okay. You get a boarding penalty for that. But as far as anything else, like a five minute, like you start throwing fives around for that play. Wow. No, Watch boarding, the Boarding's crumble. a call. It wasn't made. And then Hartman got upset and he ended up taking the penalty. And so that kind of feels like shit, you know, the Oilers get rewarded for what's not a clean hit. But the reaction from a D-man, from a, um, you know, I'm not, I, I don't even think that one really with Brodeen was him putting himself in a terrible position. But these guys' mentality on what's allowed and what's not. And if we run to the next one in. Uh, well, just hang on here. So, so context, Brodeen week to week, upper body injury, hasn't played since. This doesn't even get a look from the league. I don't care what the injury is. Some guys are tough and will play through things. Some guys are soft as baby shit. Sometimes the most destructive looking wheelchair worthy fucking play guy pops up with nothing. Some guy, a guy catches the wrong edge and tears his groin and he's out for six weeks. I'm not saying this is a suspension, but like, can we acknowledge something was missed there? Sure. Like did Brody do anything wrong? What do you want to see out of it? A penalty to Kane, and it oh, was a boarding. You said. Well, I said it was not called boarding on the play. Oh, okay, and then there was it's no a, for the suspension. It's a boarding. And Hartman coming after him is the only penalty. I'm like, fuck, that sucks if you're the Wild. That's a tough pill to swallow. And- D-man, if you're going to play in the NHL and never protect yourself and assume that you are unfucking touchable around the boards with the puck while turning your back to four checkers, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to find yourself in pissed off in a lot of totally. positions. And if you want to go react to it, you're going to take penalties. Is that that one though? That's another one we're going to see. You just said it. Brodine, it's reversed. His back's to the play. Like, he's vulnerable. It doesn't matter what that was. If you go after and hack the guy and jump him and fucking whatever, you know you're taking a penalty too. Yeah. The rest aren't going to go, yeah, that was, uh, you're, you're just no, you're right. doing you're right. that. I mean, you know you're going to take a penalty. Yeah. Okay. And again, I don't think the Kane thing was that bad. Like you said, his elbow comes up. It's unfortunate that he was injured. Are we going to penalize the player based on if he leaves to go to the locker room? No, but we have to acknowledge that if it's not a clean hit and you've hurt someone, that's two strikes. Like, okay. And if the guy gets up and goes and tomahawks the guy's ankles and jumps him and starts a melee, yeah, there's is intent be there. That's, even? Re- that's retaliation. We understand what happens. Can't there. retaliate. So... Either way, I, I don't really have a point on that so much as that, that was a hit you wanted to highlight and talk about. I feel for Brody. It's a tough spot to be in. You don't see him Agreed. Coming. And I'm not. And, and Evander Kane, you can do a different thing there. And again, it's kind of like, what do you go to bed wanting to sleep? Are you glad that you've taken an edge away from Minnesota and they're going to miss a guy? Or you're like, fuck, I did that guy dirty. I could have come in without going at his neck a bit. He's weak to weak. I don't know. I mean, there's, I don't think there's a right or wrong. There's some gray area there. So if he just finishes it with his hands down by his waist and just kind of rides him in and gives him a squish, just not the back of the neck. That's yeah, more. And cause that's where dangerous shit happens. Agreed. Next hit. Uh, Eric Robinson just traded from Columbus to Buffalo, big speedy. And he catches Baron here. Let's have a look. Oh, I like those stories. Jumps on him. Slavkovsky trying to pull the Poso back, and everyone's going to pile into the corner. The original penalty coming up to Buffalo here, but the scramble afterwards. We'll see if anything else comes of it. Is Justin Barron slow to get to his feet? And he'll try to make his way to the Canadians' bench. So hit from behind on Barron, but what's your play there? And so if you're listening, he's basically, if he has the puck at his stick, which he does, and his feet are wide, he's in a hockey stance. Staring he's faced where? directly at the boards below the goal line. With what? 
the puck. Interesting. What league are we in here? A contact league called the National Hockey League. Where did this guy play where you stand with the puck three feet off the boards, staring at the glass, and in my mind, he has got... Nothing in his mind except for I am untouchable. I'm safe right, right now. now. This is a safe spot for me. I don't <laughs> want to turn and look because I'm. If I move, the T Rex will eat me. That <laughs> yeah. is the thought. If I right? move, I'm eligible to get hit. But right now, everyone's just going to hit their brakes and they're just going to do the old. What? What's he going to do with it? What's he going to do? And the clock's Which way is he gonna, turning? The clock's going to tick down. Like, where have you been playing, guy? I'm sorry, I don't even know you. Or what the? Where have you been taught this game? And why would you think like if I have the puck in the NHL, which I did for very low amounts small, of, small of, time amounts of time, because yes. I unloaded that cocksucker as fast as possible? <laughs> have you got to stand in the corner with the puck and just facing like, the wall? It happens that fast. I can count to three while he's got that thing facing the puck. I don't understand what his goddamn mentality is. And then when he comes in to hit him. I understand you can't hit the numbers, yeah. but how much onus was on the defenseman to absorb the hit, to realize that he's eligible for physical contact? It's getting embarrassing, and I honestly love how the NHL might see it lately, and I love how John Tortorella and people in the media and the NHL themselves is starting to see, no, we're not suspending everyone and their dog because... You put yourself in shitty positions and then yard sale all your shit and lay there with your face on the ice because... That's only going to perpetuate more of those plays, which we have come full circle since the days of obstruction and all the different things where the league's trying to get rid of dirty plays. And guess what these kids coming up into the league have done? I'm going to put myself in that position because then I'm eligible to get hit. That's what the rules say. And we're going to go on the power play and I'm going to sell it to the death so that we can maybe win four or three with a power play goal in the third period. And it has to stop. And it has to stop with plays like these. You stop suspending, penalizing a guy that runs into a defenseman who thinks he is untouchable. It drives me nuts. So if you're Eric Robinson, you've just been traded. You're a guy that your your paycheck comes from working on the fourth line. And your game is built not on goals. It's on playing with pace, running into people, using your size. You see this guy looking at the wall, ass facing you with the puck. You got to be drooling. Like I can wallop this guy. Now, the only thing I want to ask you is what's going through your head if that's Jay Rosa? Because you have some responsibility not to put this guy six feet under, but you do want to tag him because he's he's a sitting duck and he's being an idiot. He's not protecting himself. Pinder, I don't think you look at him saying, I can't wait to wallop him. You can't wallop him. And he didn't wallop him. He bumped into him. I guess the point I'm trying to make is the only thing you can't do there for Eric Robinson is go straight through the back. As long as you catch a side of him, it's clean. That's the way I see it. It's fair. I see him coming up to this defenseman who is either going to go behind the net or up the wall. Mm -hmm. Two options. He does neither. And over the time it takes for him to basically glide in, he's probably in shock that this guy hasn't made a move yet. And he bumps into his ass. And the guy decides to yard sale. That's all I see there. Just look at the player hitting... And then look at it again and just look at the player being hit. And there's just nothing there that should be spoken of. He hit his fucking brakes right before he hits him. This guy, oh, trainer. 
trainer. And you may be hurt. What are shame, you doing? Shame on you for leaving yourself that vulnerable. Look at him. I'm going to get up. Nah, fuck it. I'll sell it. It makes me <laughs> sick, man. I can't even watch it. I can't hold back anymore. I try to give the benefit of the doubt. I, I say what I can about Branson. He's going back. He hasn't touched the puck. He's on his backhand. I understand these things full speed. This is just fucking peewee players hold themselves up to the puck. I teach my kids to use your ass, use your body to protect the puck. NHL, you're holding it for like three seconds, dude. What do you want him to do? Hit, you, it, hit his yeah. brakes and say, let me know when you're ready. Wakey, wakey, man. This is yeah. the National League, and I don't want to see it go down the road, which has already gone down in the last five years. Yeah. I feel like it's starting to, to level off and, and correct itself. The suspensions, the penalties, the outrage over some of these hits, especially on NHL defensemen, is driving me insane. You've played this game a long time. You're ridiculously good at it. Stop fucking playing us for a fool, acting like you had nothing to do with the result of that play. If you played with some balls, put your edge down, shove your shoulder into the protected the puck, it would just be a little battle in the corner and we're jostling and someone cycles it and you move on. When you act like that, yeah, we're going to pull it up and say, what the hell happened there? And it's pretty obvious to me what happens every time I watch these guys do this. That's a hot rosy. I like that. Stay up late last night. (laughs) that. There you go. There was some uh, teammate on teammate dad crime, but it was retaliatory and there are no suspensions. I'll explain. Colorado Avalanche hosted the Calgary Flames early this week, I believe on Monday, the beginning of a murderous couple games back-to-back for the Flames, who have been meh. The Avs have been excellent. The Avs are all the look of a cup contender, even without the likes of Gerard and some other injuries that they've been dealing with. Miko Rantanen has been probably good, not great. Miko Rantanen was an absolute horse on Monday night. 19 shot attempts, eight on target, 26 minutes of ice time for a forward, one goal, two helpers, Avs down two after 40 minutes, win it in regulation, and his line with Nachushkin and McKinnon was phenomenal. After the game, Miko Rantanen, as one who is a star in a game, is asked by the media, what was going on? What do you say? Where I got a lot of extra energy. You know, one of our Finnish NHL players' dad was talking shit about me in media that I didn't train last summer like I used to do, and and uh, he was just making making things up. So I think that was that was for him. You know, uh, if you if you talk shit, it's gonna come back at you. So. So safe to say a little extra motivation for Miko Rantanen, who was indeed a horse and said, yeah, a Finnish NHL player's dad said this awkward party. The uh, Finnish NHL player he's talking about is his injured teammate, Arturi Lekkanen. So it's Ismo Lekkanen, his father, that was alleging he was not doing his proper summer training. La, 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 la. These are teammates, Jay. Awkward party. Awkward is right. Yeah. This is reminiscent of like uh, like the Sean Avery, like, pick your cameras up. I've got something to say. <laughs> and so not only does, does Rantanen say this, he then returns after finishing the spiel to make sure the video got out. <laughs> like, you guys did post that, right? Jesus. Like, that's like, some internal stuff. Two countrymen. Teammates. Teammates. Want a cup together. Beef, obviously, behind the scenes, nobody else really knows about it. And you just say, hey, North American media, get your mics and your cameras up. I got something to air out across the airwaves is wild. Did you have an opportunity to talk to him personally? 
maybe you did and it went so poorly you're just fuming and you decided yeah. to go have a game like that and then bring it up it's wild so talking about this it's one of those things where it's like we all know that one buddy that's got maybe a family member that's a little like oh, i'm so embarrassed i'm sorry like i can't believe this happened or it's like this guy's my teammate and he's feeding this shit info to his dad. Like, I don't know which it is, but I know if I was a GM in the league, I'd be buzzing Joe Sackick and company saying, Hey, um, what's that timeline on Lekkonen's return? I can get that problem off your hands. No sweat. Like wow. I'll just I'll, like, but greasy but pinder. Are you boys? Is it an awkward family relative thing? Or is this part of the, like he's hurt. He's not a member of this team. And his dad's doing this bleep it. Like, I don't know, but it's no. certainly worth a call if you're another GM. There's no, this guy's hurt, so he's not a part of the team anymore. That, like, if I was Joe Sackick, I'd be sitting here going, dude, fellas, how are you not handling this internally? I mean, that's like the MO of your media training as a, at a, as a prospect. Okay. Guys that have played for this organization, won Stanley Cups, been in the grind, been in the fight, they know all about that. They know how it works. Sure. So to be that pissed off at a teammate to say a big mother F you to you, your dad, everything else. And to, and then circle back to make sure it got up <laughs> and maybe they're great. Maybe Arturi and uh, Miko are fine. Not it's chance. just, again, we all know chance. that guy is like, I'm really sorry about <laughs> I, I'm sorry. You said, like I'm embarrassed. You say, I'm really sorry if you, if you fucking caused a big stir at the high top table amongst the boys while you're all cranking a couple pitchers of beers and, and you bring it up and you say, fuck sure. you and go take yeah. a leak. You come back and you say, sorry, man. I'm about. So you think, so there's, there's a 0% chance there's no beef here. This is legit beef. Apparently he went extra hard to put up a performance like you just described yeah. in the NHL finishes it still on his mind calls the media ups. I got something to say to rip this guy and get it yes. out there. Then go take a shower, whatever, come back, say, make sure you that post that out. so that everyone fucking <laughs> lots of time to think about this <laughs> oh, one. Yeah, no, he was obviously very agenda. pissed off. This wasn't yeah. an off the cuff. Uh, I had a couple drinks. Hey, it's the beer talk and uh, run your mouth a little bit. No, something you. serious is going on and what their background is. I'm sure we'll never know, but that's wild <laughs> to see teammates on a team that have been down <laughs> the path that they've been down Call him out that hard. And I wish I spoke Finnish. We should yeah, get like yeah, a translator seriously. or something to track down his dad. I believe he does media in Finland. Yeah. So Jack, do you speak any Finn? You get to, you know, okay. Come on, Jack. Oh, um, that a stone. So the only reason I think there's a chance these guys are okay. And it's only about the old man is because these guys have one together and they have been teammates for a while. I'm not saying that is what's happening, but I could see it where it's like his old man's been an asshat forever. I'm good with Arturi, but I'm sending a message to the old man. Maybe you can't hide behind your son being my teammate. This isn't about us. We're good. Bleep you from the other side of the world taking shots at me. Hey, and that could very well be the what happens and what comes of it. And maybe that guy's an idiot and and he knows his dad's a mouthpiece. Exactly. And he told his dad to stop talking about people in the NHL that he's associated with, that he's on his team with. Yes. And he and he didn't he goes, Hey, I told your dad if he fucking talks about me one more time, I'm gonna light him up yeah. on line. Yeah, and he sure. did that, and maybe he's just like, hey, yeah, yeah, fair warning. I've yeah, told take him. A shot like, at him. Very well him. possible, but what I'm saying is this isn't an old, hey, sorry about that, buddy, like, no big no. deal. It was This was bigger than that, and whether both parties are 
understood of what's going on or not. I don't think we'll ever know. It doesn't really matter. It's I'm just outrageous that it, it's at that level. Hey, and like you say, the greasy, greasy pinder of it is oh, yeah. ring, ring. Hey, I see you got some distractions going on in the uh, yeah, locker room. I can take Joe. care of that for you. Uh, let me help hurry. you. Let me help you with that problem. Uh, I got this. I got too many fifths this year. That's I got my a fifth so rounder. Take, take two you. of them. Shit. I, I'll, you know what? I don't even have two. I'll, I'll find another for you. We'll get you a pair of fifths. I'll take Luckin and off your hands. That's Doing you should favor. be a general Doing manager, Pinder. Yeah, I, no one's called me yet asking. I'm sure that I'd be great. Just haven't been asked. One of those things. I mean, until I can prove it, how am I going to prove it? A couple other items before we go. There's a new skills competition in the NHL. Uh, we Our favorite all-star of all time, John Scott. We haven't had him weigh in on it yet that I've heard, but I actually do kind of like it. I always like watching the skills. The game's a fucking disaster. It's a train wreck. Guys not trying, going through the motions. I'd rather watch them rip pucks and things like that. And I think they've added even a little more intrigue. Last year got a little tedious when they were in Miami. And it's like, and now we'll cut to the beach where, you know, Brady Kachuk's building a sandcastle, racing his brother. It's like, all right. And it's clearly like nighttime there. And it's day when they, it's like, this has been pre-recorded. Like it got a little much. I think they might've found the the formula here. What is it? Eight events, 12 players. Four. $1 million. $1 million. That's right. A million dollars. So, I just think of, okay, if you're cutting this field down to 12, I love it because they're all mega studs, right? It's your McKinnon, McDavid, Crosby, Dreisaitl, like Bedard, like they're all superstars. If there's only 12, McCarr, I'm excited already that you condensed you've cut, the field. You've cut some of the all-star game out from participating. That's how high yeah. and these 12 are. And you're making everyone do all eight events. So it's not like, well, of course, McDavid's going to do fastest skater. And then, okay, you know, like bring in, you know, ally afraid to rip clappers. No, everyone's going to do them all. And so you don't just get to pick the ones that you know a guy's great at. I think it leaves a lot of intrigue when you're down to the final couple events. It's not just like, and here's another two points for Conference West. It's like, no, it's the last event. He needs to, he needs to win this one to get a million bucks. And this guy here can't come worse than third or he loses a million bucks. Like, you got me now. I'm actually going to watch and care. Yes, and they're going to care. Yeah. I know they don't need another million dollars. Those are making 12 million and 13 million this year. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, but when it's not just a dick around event yeah. and it doesn't matter and it's all, about, it's all about the laughs and stuff. And it, like you say, it comes down to the wire and, yes. and you blew a wheel in the fastest skater competition. Yeah, so you got to make it up and it comes down to the last bit. And I'm sorry to say, but the NHL has already made their bed. You're going to get the sports betters lines, oh, yes. uh, blah, blah, blah. That's and right. the people I'm going to be watching going, I got this on that. And holy shit, he's yeah. going to make it up in the fastest skater. Cause he blew it in the shot and we're going to be ripping parlays and everything. I'm sorry, <laughs> but the degenerate in me says that's the way it's going to go right. and you can't tell me that at the end of those events when it's close that those guys aren't bearing yes. the fuck down totally. to beat the guy and it's the only way that you can make it interesting i'm sorry but when a guy comes out of the tunnel and he's got a cowboy hat and some clown sunglasses and a tutu on and watch me do the fucking breakaway i want to throw up <laughs> and i turn i turn the thing off and i don't even think there's kids that are sitting there going yay look at my favorite player it's fucking embarrassing they ran out of things to do yeah Let's see how good he can shoot off the upside of a surfboard, everybody. Oh, I've always wondered. Good Lord. (laughs) Thank God. You didn't like that Sandcastle contest? Wow. So they get rid of that and they're doing it for real. I love it. And and, and what do you have to do? Unfortunately, we do live in the world we live in. You got to put some money on the line. You got to give them a reason to care. These guys 
listen to their interviews and stuff. They're all about, yeah, no one's going to call me a, a selfish guy or arrogant or egotistical. We're all fucking, you, you throw something on the money. Now it's all, what, what was that? Competition? I get to put my name on something that fucking matters that everyone was trying at? Yeah. Ooh, baby. So Watch them go. Let's imagine you've got a, a cold, dreary off day in Buffalo the fellas are like, we're not skating today. We've played three and four. We don't play for another couple of days. We're holding in Buffalo. Let's just go to the neighborhood, you know, watering hole and play some pool and darts. Something as simple as that. There are competitors on pro sports that will go bananas to win. Never mind a million bucks on national television. If, if you're doing, a, okay, we're doing poker, pool, darts. Everyone gets a certain number of points. Like, no money on the line, you'll still get guys competing their asses off. You get to this level because you compete and you want to be better than someone else. It's not just like, yeah, I'm a good puck handler and I really wanted to be an accountant, but puck handling brought me to the NHL. You got to compete. You got to want to win. You love competition. So when you turn the all-star event from less into like East-West, which no one gives a shit whether it's the East-West, Campbell Clarence against the Wales, like now it's like, okay, there's 12 of us. One of us is winning. All you other guys are going to lose. Who's the winner? Let's find out. Like now you're feeding into the competitive juices that fueled all of these players to not only get to the NHL, but to get to the level where they get invited to an all-star game. A hundred percent. You hit the nail on the head when there's something to win that they give a shit about. They'll try and win it. They are competitive people. They're in that league and they're at that level for a reason. And when you put clown shoes on your skates and start slipping around no one gives a fuck if they win that or not it's irrelevant it's embarrassing they just want to go do it half the time those guys are visibly embarrassed by what they're doing and you can tell they're goaded into putting on the props and stuff like that no one fucking likes it i have been at a pub with the same guys we're talking about claude Giroux and jake voracek and we're playing darts for a hundred dollars and we're fucking yelling in each other's faces because your toe was over the line right these guys want it so that's something in front of them that they want to do and watch it happen and inevitably like i said you're gonna get the sports betting involved and the people at home mostly the degenerates like you tv are gonna be like i'm all in as well it's it's i think it's smart i think it's a good one to do in toronto there's gonna be some eyeballs and if the word gets around that it's gonna be something legit that million bucks is gonna ring around the the rosy with people going they're playing what for a million i want to see who's gonna win oh is connor gonna win everything or does sid still have it yeah blah 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 what about the next connor is he is he ready to win this thing they're gonna watch mitts and the kids are gonna be trying and it's gonna be good to look at yeah i'm with they're gonna get it right here i'm calling it i think we should be there toronto i'll start break maybe we we should go do a dod there maybe we will maybe we will okay we're gonna wrap the show with a fight of the week we've had lots of hits lots of suspensions lots of outrage jay charged up today we plugged him in overnight this is good stuff fight of the week is not so much a great fight so much as it's a lot of other things. It's Andreas England, his seventh fighting major of the seasons. This Ooh. is a oh, wow, big heavy hit from the point. And it's like, hey, you don't have your head up. I'm going to drill you. And okay, I'll fight you. Fine. So that's Scott Mayfield coming in to fight England, who cleaned up Matt Barzell, who curled off the wall. We'll talk about that in a bit. But it's, it's not the fight of the week because it's the best fight. It's the fight of the week because England now has seven majors this season. He's taken off. That is three more than the man sitting in second, and there's about four or five players. I believe it's Tanner Janot, Delorier, Watson, Lozon, and Brennan Dillon. That's, everyone else has four on that list. England's now got seven. He ain't afraid, and so clean hit or not, yeah, I'll scrap you. I'm not afraid of that. That's seven. Come get me, fellas. 
save is made. Ooh. Now look out a collision as uh, England through the check. Yep. And he's going to go with Mayfield. Now this is going to be an instigator. It should be, yep. Barzell was hit, and I understand it. There's no, but this, Daryl, I think was one of the cleaner hits I've seen. Of course, now when you have guys willing to drop it, Mayfield and England. But all England did was stand up and, uh, wow, we've seen this before from England. There's not much defense. It's all offense. And now at the end, he's finally getting a couple in there. Mayfield's helmet came off, which is always an advantage for the guy. You save the knuckles that way. Too bad that Lego helmet didn't get pulled off oh. earlier, so we didn't have to fucking look at it. You don't like those chrome domes. The National Hockey League, Pinder. The National League with the original six and Dude, the logos okay. that mean something, and you put these chrome goddamn helmets. Oh, we're in Tinseltown. We're in Tinseltown. Jay, Jay. What, what fucking logo is on the original six Leafs jersey that they fucking skate around in? Is it milk? Is it, is it TikTok? <laughs> like, is it really a helmet with chrome like that's going to set you off? Like, the cat's out of the fucking bag 20 here. 20 chrome helmets buzzing around on fucking TV, and this is supposed to be a legit organization that's trying to compete with the core four sports okay, franchise. So Imagine the NFL and the fucking <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs come out, and they, they got fucking candy apple chrome helmets on it. it Notre it Dame's like got the gold. I don't have a problem with the Notre Dame helmets. Um, and look... Like, if you think milk on the Leafs jersey is cool. I didn't say that. Well, then understand that it's already out. It, like, you can't. <laughs> They're so can't, fucking bad, The horses man. are out of the barn. It delegitimizes the league and the organization. You got those classic Kings jerseys with, yeah, the, the, with the logo that Gretzky had yeah. when he got traded there that put them on the map. And then you fucking defile that with that <laughs> pathetic fucking shiny dome. Okay, it's so awful. different situation. Vegas is in what, year five or six? They won a cup in year five. That was last year. It's year six. Vegas is Vegas. Vegas is, you know, Sin City. Vegas, it's it's not a traditional hockey market. Are you okay with the gold chrome helmets? No, I don't, still don't like them. <laughs> it's not as bad, but I don't like them, okay. no. I don't want any of that shiny, plasticky All right. looking All right. shit. Sorry. Now, when you were in Europe, you played in the uh, United Kingdom. They didn't do that. Some leagues over there will have the leading score has the golden helmet which I think is like, it's it's a phenomenal fan thing where you're like, ah, oh, shit. Look that's, at that guy. That, watch that guy. Guess how much that guy likes wearing that Not much. With but this goddamn target on it his is, He may as well be a bullseye. <laughs> but for fans, I think that's nails. And it's it helps fun. sell the sport. It's great. But again, it's you don't need to sell the sport in, you know, Winnipeg and Toronto You and think Chicago. you're selling more tickets and jerseys and XYZ by wearing those god-awful helmets? Or do you think you're getting more negative publicity? I think it's both. I think it's like the old school crowd shakes their fist and other people are like, shit, hockey's cooler than I thought. These aren't these usually like gray haired seven year old men with rods up their asses. How do they come up with silver helmets? This is kind of cool. Oh, wow. Their helmets are mirrors. I'm a lifelong fan now. Do you like chrome vehicles? That's would you, would you pinder, chrome out your SUV? I got a chrome wrap on my <laughs> wife's vehicle right now. And is that, are we okay? Are it's we disparaging? Hot. Going down 17th Ave See, after this. Because the automotive the enthusiasts, you've disparaged <laughs> yes. automotive. How could you do that to such a great car manufacturer? Prestige, You're dragging their brand through the mud brand. for a hundred years. We've been pumping out six cylinder engines and now this shit, chrome, God damn it. I mean, Same. I get it. But you know what? We're, we're we're going on a little bit of a tear, but a rightfully so. Those helmets are so. There's something else bad. in there, though. Three fights above everyone else sounds like he's absolutely tearing. Got it. Yeah, it makes me laugh at guys that were getting thirty plus fights. The That's pace crazy. they would have been on by Christmas. What was but your career, nonetheless? High, by the way. 
Uh, I think 35. Oh, <laughs> good Lord. That might include uh I just got a migraine when you said that. Yeah, that's a lot. Fun. Get a little silly. But notice the play that led to the hit yes. that led to his seventh, eighth fighting major of seventh. the year, England. Notice why he had to fight because he had the audacity to hit Barzell in such a horrendous manner. Matthew Barzell is an incredibly skilled player, great skater, incredible playmaker, one of the most talented Islanders, if not that. He and Bo Horvat and a bunch of plugs is kind of how that team rolls with a goalie. Uh, and they may be a playoff team. But Barzell, for a guy as skilled as he's been his whole career, he looks behind him, picking up the pass with one hand on his backhand, cutting to the middle. Now you tell on me. On the point of the guy that leads the league in fucking fighting Jesus, man. Like never. And then, of course, oh, we've got to fucking fight for that. That's outrageous. I'm coming in. You can't hit Barzell like that. What well, an audacious hit to make in this league. Your backhand behind you with one hand cutting to the goddamn middle, man. It blows my mind. You talk about being a high skill player. Absolutely. Part of being a high skill player is being able to make skill plays while still staying out of the trolley tracks, while not being hit, while having guys not be able to catch you or being able to find the open ice to make the plays. Not just assuming you're on fucking touchable, cutting to the middle on your backhand with one hand. Yeah. Yeah. Towards so, the point. It blows my mind, man. What I think the decision tree for Barzal is, is like, okay, I'm a little vulnerable for about a second here. What are the odds of guys actually going to come drill me? Yeah, I'll, I'll roll the dice. That's the only way guys can feel safe. If, if every time he did that, he got drilled, he's either in a hospital, concussed, or he's he's changed his play. Because should, he you, not you don't, get, should he not get drilled for doing that? He absolutely should get time? drilled. I think what surprises him is that he actually did get drilled. Well, know what I mean? And that's why he league. feels comfy doing it. Well, then he played the hockey that was his formative years in a league, in an era yeah. where you weren't allowed to hit a guy in that position. Or that's I, the problem. And to like, I, I, it's a clean hit. It's a great hit. It's England putting his fingerprints on the game. It's punishing a guy for, for being in a vulnerable position by his own decision. Stupid. You get the puck. You probably get an instigator out of the gate. I think they called it a misconduct, not an instigator, whatever. Your team's going to the power play. Like that's, that's check marks all over for Andreas England. But I do believe that like, Barzell only makes that play because he thinks he's not going to get hit, which is wild because if it's the game being played in your era, he's getting hit every night doing that play. Every as night he, he's taking a shoulder. As he should. And if he has the skill to be Datsuk and make that play and spin off the guy and come up with the puck, knowing that, yeah, someone's going to come to me, knowing that, I just fucking sit there and applaud and say, yeah, if you can the avoid the skill, hit, you want to break the vision, there. the incredible prowess of this incredibly skilled player, I absolutely applaud it. But to pull that and then get hit and be like, what on earth was that? It just, I just, I can't wrap my head around it. And I know I have a disconnect between a guy that's not even that much younger than me, but the game changed so much in that era that we're talking about, like post lockout. I think it was probably the worst in like 2014 to 2019, like that five years. And before that lockout, it was like every team had a super heavy, like it was a really quick hit whoever you wanted, man. And I mean, we've talked about the concussions and the hitting and the headshots and stuff, but my problem with it at the time, and there's the proof of it right there is guys are going to assume now that I'm untouchable. I'm unhittable. And they're going to put themselves in positions where they're on their backhand with one hand reaching behind them, cutting towards the middle assuming they can't get hit and it's still fucking hit hockey. And you know what? I think Matt Barzell's a smart player. He doesn't do that next time. I think he'll adapt. I, I think the lesson has been learned and maybe that was a shit. 
uh, what an idiot. Why did I do that? Sure. Rather than how dare you hit me? I but, hope so. Because uh, you know what? Like these guys get to this level by being able to adapt, adjusting to how they're being defended. You get a few shoulders in the chest, you're going to be ready for them the next mm-hmm. time. And I hope every guy that does that gets absolutely fucking buried so that the games goes back to yes. uh, protecting yourself, playing with skill, and let the skill rise to the top. Well, just be in a spot to protect yourself if you're on the trolley tracks. Like, yeah. Know when you're on the tracks. Don't, it's not that hard. Don't cut to the middle of the point with the puck behind you on your backhand, cutting to the middle. Don't do that. Bad. Man, we got to settle you down. How are we going to get you to sleep tonight? I feel like you're going to be wound up pacing in the kitchen. Do we need a tranquilizer gun to get you some rest tonight or what? I'll just take it out on the kids. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, you're running practice. That's what it is. That's right. Okay, skating the kids. What are you guys talking the about? Michigan drill. Yeah, we're just going to do I don't a little. I want to go where I would think, but I first thought you were going to. You can do the gauntlet for the boys. Is, there, is that uh, blue back, red back? No, that's back. the whole team lines up against the glass, and one guy goes down, and everyone hits on Oh, the, yeah, bang, the bang, 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 bang. Old school way of learning how to take a hit. I do remember the gauntlet I back don't in the day. I agree with yeah. I'm not that coach. I'll be good, man. I just like a form to vent, a microphone in my face. I've uh, I've held up a lot of rage for a lot of years, and now there's a, a form to outlet that, mm-hmm. and you get to team me up. So. As long as you don't start dummying me with starting me with laughs, I'm good. I'm ha- I'll be here next week. Never. Next week, episode 10, uh, our final pre-holiday episode, I believe, because I think Christmas falls on like a Monday, something like that. So I think we got one more pre-Christmas show. And then uh, what do you know? We'll be back with the new year and uh, into the final two-thirds of the season we already are at. It's it's all of a sudden picked up a bunch in terms of shit to talk about on this show. It sort of comes in waves, but busy week for Department of Player Safety. Uh, and here on the Department of Discipline, if you're liking the show, you're enjoying it, we got some merch for you as well. How about this? Have you seen what's dropped, Rosie? Look mm-hmm. at this. The yes, gear. I have. It's about wow. time, baby. Nationgear.ca. Grab your gear. Uh, I'm going with the maroon hoodie with the big logo right full chest, not the small on the left side. So that's mine. What, what are you going to do? I'm a little more subtle than you. I you went to my classic navy blue, with, navy just, blue. with just a little left boob shot of the Good. logo, okay. just not so in your face. I just don't want to be twins with you. That's all. we got to con- contrast a little. And I've already got lots of black hoodies, so I'm going for some color. If you like the gear, check it out, nationgear.ca. If you've got a family member that's notoriously tough and tough to buy for for Christmas, this is the gift for them. Love it. See you next week. I'm going down to the garden with a couple of my buds. I'm going to sit up in the cheap seats. I want to see a little blood. I want to get my money's worth. Eat some dogs, drink some beers. Win the yellow nine at the referee. Go on, you bum, get out of here. want to see a hockey fight. Little Donnie Brook, a little brouhaha. If our team should score tonight, we all can yell hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 